We live in a world where 1.8 metres is almost always 1.6 metres and the roommates are always better looking. We get it. Dating can be difficult. So for now, why not take it easy? Tinder. Swipe right. Welcome back to Waiting for a Date. Today's episode is very exciting. We're going to start off with a call to my father, the man who birthed me. Get his perspective. He's 61, so he's got a few dating ideas up his sleeve. Then we're going to chat to a woman called Alison Tinderland. She's got a podcast that chronicles all of her crazy dating mishaps. And then we're going to take it right back to the land of 20-year-olds, and I'm going to talk to my friend Eliza Sholley, who has a belter of a disaster date. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Good morning, Stephen Price. Can I help you? Hi, Dad. It's Lucinda. Oh, well, that's great. <laughs> How are you? I'm well, thanks, and thanks for asking. What are you doing? I'm actually sitting in my truck on the way to work. I've just stopped for a breather, and I'm heading off to work. Nice. This does not sound planned at all. You didn't know this call was coming, did you? No idea at all, but it's a pleasant surprise <laughs> on Thursday morning. So I want to know, last time that I came and visited you, one of the first things you said to me was, any boys, Lucinda? Hang on a second, Lucinda. You said the last time I visited you, like I'm in an old people's home. Yeah, you said to me, any boys, Lucinda. So do you think I should be in a relationship? Uh, not necessarily. I think uh, your focus is at the moment is really on work. I mean, you can have the rest of your life to be in a relationship. And why would you why would you want to mimic what 50% of the population detest? And what's that? A relationship. Oh, right. Yeah. Why do you think yeah, so why do you think I'm single, honestly? I think you're single because you're attracted to people's intellect more than the uh, the superficial appearance and it's it's difficult to uh, ascertain someone's intellect unless you spend a lot of time with them. And that's catch-22 because you don't really have the time to create the time to spend the time, if you know what I mean. Right. Okay. This is actually quite wise from you. I'm yeah. surprised yeah. you've thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I think about a lot of things, Lucinda. What kind of guy do you think I should end up with? Um, I think you should end up with a guy who's of a similar intellect um, possibly not necessarily in the same industry, but in a lifetime industry where you, the, the emphasis is on using your mind to create, uh, whether that's be an artist or a, um, a sculptor or, or <laughs> something involved in the arts. Okay, yeah. okay. And is there anything, are there any deal breakers? Like if I brought a guy home, what would be some things that you wouldn't want to see? His penis. <laughs> Fuck. No, seriously though, is there anything that you would be, if I brought a guy home, like is there an age yeah. limit? Is there a... Well, no, it's not, it's not my business to determine who you spend your time with. I mean, uh, I, I, often in the past, I've never commented on your relationships because um, if they have a shelf life, a use-by date, I could make a complete prick of myself in that period and then he's gone and my relationship with you is severely tainted. This is true. By my reaction. Yeah. But what about if I brought yeah. what about if I brought home Shane Warne? Uh well again, you know, it, it'd be your business, but, but uh, you know, he probably wouldn't be um 
my favourite partner for you, but sooner than that. Okay, duly noted. How do you think dating has changed? I interviewed a girl, a woman earlier who's 48. She's been dating for like 20 years and has never found that person for that long-term relationship. She doesn't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. But how do you think dating is different in this day and age as opposed to 20 or 30 years ago when you were dating? Well, it's a real lottery nowadays because you're, you're looking at an image of someone and a, a profile they put up of themselves and it's like really giving someone a, a reference mm. to go to court. Of course, you're going to give them a good reference in, in terms of yourself. You're going to give yourself a good profile. You're not going to talk about the things that would be detected in a one-on-one situation like if you met someone in a hotel. When I was young, we met partners in hotels and we spent time with them, had a few drinks with them, got to know them. Wait, do you mean like a pub? Yeah, pub, yeah, like a pub or a nightclub or, you know, a a wine bar. In 1980, you were dating and 23. Do you think you you would have liked to have dating apps back then or how do you think you would have gone on them? No, because, look, it's like a trip to the fruit shop, really. I mean, you can go to the fruit shop and look at the fruit. It's not that you have to feel it and get close to it and you ascertain whether it's ripe or not ripe or not not NQR. But with the internet or the, the, the dating sites, it's just it's too mechanical or something. I just don't, I don't quite get it, but I don't think it would have ever used it because... I like the challenge of meeting someone, wooing them. Right. I mean, you still have to do that with the dating sites. It's not like you just keep it online the whole time. You still have to go on dates with them and stuff. It's just easier for people who are busy to meet people, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, you asked me the question, and I think it's robotic. I think it's just banal, robotic, and, and, you know, that's because I'm 61. I mean, I, I grew up in an era where... I had no difficulty meeting people and having relationships. Well, that's a very interesting perspective from you. Why? From, why is that interesting? Just from a 60-year-old person because for us, for people my age, online dating is just an extension of what we do. We spend a lot of our time online, so it's not that alien to us and it doesn't feel as transactional, I guess. What are three tips that you'd give to people who maybe want to have a long-lasting relationship? Because you've been with mum for 25 years? Uh, 20, 29 years. 20, are you really? Yeah, since, since 1989, so yeah, 29 years. Forgiveness, loyalty and trust. The two most important ingredients in any relationship is loyalty and trust. Now, if you look back on my relationship with your mother, there's been areas where I've not misbehaved in a sexual sense, but I've probably drunk a bit too much and, and maybe uh, dabbled in a little bit of weed, smoking weed occasionally, mm-hmm. um, and did things that, that necessarily weren't conducive to a good marriage. Uh, yelling a bit and you know, various inf- infractions on my marriage, but your mother stayed with me because she knew I was always trustworthy and loyal. And that's what really, I think, has kept their marriage on track. On a lighter note, what would be a very romantic date, do you think? Like, if a guy could take me out tomorrow on a date, yeah. uh, what do you think would be the perfect date? 
Oh, I reckon um, possibly a boat cruise. A boat uh, cruise, okay. Followed by maybe a visit to a nice cocktail bar and some cocktails. Okay. And then, and then some yeah. cock. And I think I'm going to leave it at that, Dad. Thank you for the advice. Yeah. Um, Just confirming, answering your question, any boys? No, I am still single. But this is waiting for a date. Um, Still waiting for a date. And we're learning things, aren't we, Dad? It's good to learn things from other generations. Well, an empty space is better than a bad tenant. And by that, I'm not referring to any part of your anatomy. But I'm, I'm basically saying that, you know, it's better to be on your own than in a shit relationship. And so many people are in shit relationships because they're so insecure that they don't do anything about it. But, I mean, good good luck to you. you when you do finally have a relationship, it's probably going to be a good, strong one. And, you know, you might even give me a grandchild. Yes. Um, I'm going to hang up now. Thank you, Dad. I'm here today with a very special guest. Her name is Alison Tinderland and she is the host and creator of Dating Upside Down. It is a really fun podcast. It's all about dating. She doesn't hold back. Um, She talks about all the dates that she's been on, the good, the bad and the ugly and doesn't leave out any bits. Welcome, Alison. Thank you, Lucinda. Thank you for that amazing introduction. (laughs) Happy to be here. Dating Upside Down. Yes. And Alice in Tinderland. That's not your real name, is it? No. Funnily enough, not my real name. My parents did not call me Alice in Tinderland at birth. Strange. I know. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> Bizarre. What were they Bizarre. What were they thinking? Yeah, so how did I come up with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, I personally didn't come up with it. A girlfriend of mine actually came up with it. I have a, uh, a love and a passion for the original Alice in Wonderland animation, mm. uh, which is kind of my uh, inspiration for the podcast because, let's face it, dating is like a crazy yes. down-the-rabbit-hole experience. You've been dating for like 20 years. Right? <laughs> uh, yes, over 20 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's been yeah, a long time. A long time. And in the podcast, you... How does it? What what sort of things do you talk about for anyone who hasn't heard of it? Sure. So, uh, dating upside down, as you, as you mentioned, as you said before, is my raw, real, tell it like it is, funny take on on dating, my dating experiences. When I uh, have my own personal inspiration, I I, I do a monologue. Um, yes, I love you did a monologue, which is my favourite episode. Yeah, where you talk about this date that sort of happened in St Kilda. You were waiting <laughs> yes. at a cafe, and this guy sat down, and then you get him on the show, and you interview yeah. him. And I think that's so gutsy to <laughs> actually have him on. Yeah, that was probably still to this day. I think one of the best dates I've ever had. Right. Yeah. So that that was um, and and completely organic and just away from all of this crazy online dating, you know, yeah. commodified cr- nuts process. Um, yeah, that one's called uh, Perfect Strangers. And it was amazing because it, it, it was a, almost a 24-hour date. It just right. didn't end. It was almost three dates in a day. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. And to this day, we are um, we're still friends. We you know keep in touch regularly. Uh, yeah, and then I, I said to him, uh, I went up to – he lives in Sydney now. I went up to Sydney a few months ago, and I said, you want to be on the podcast? Uh, he, I, I keep meeting these very private men, and yes. he's like, "Yeah, yeah, but so long as you don't reveal." I'm like, of course, of course, of course. Please, uh, I'm Alison. I know. I'm Alison. I know exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm private too. Um, so yeah, he was happy to talk about it. I think also because we, um, you know, there's so much that's not said 
between parties on a on a date or in in relationships. So mm. it's so interesting to kind of get his view on on that day, right? Which was you know I think a year or two prior, uh, because it was so you know it was just magic. You know I was just sitting there at a cafe and he just turned up and said, "Can I sit at your table?" And I went. Yeah, sure, no problem. I mean, you know, there were no other, it was a beautiful day outside. There were no other tables, spare, no chairs free. And from there, it just went into this great, great date. Yeah. How, how nice is that? The thing that I most loved about that episode was that it shows that, you know, when you're dating, you can have amazing dates with all different people and it doesn't have to end up happy ever after. You know, you you don't end up with a guy, but you've made a really fantastic friend. And that's something that people in relationships sometimes don't have the opportunity to do. Absolutely. And, and it's one of the things I, I talk a lot about is, people should kind of step away from um, feeling like every date is going to be their potential husband or wife or future partner, you know, long-term partner. Right, because I do that. You know what I do? Mm. I look at what their last name is and decide whether or not I would potentially want my children to have that name. Is that is that crazy? It's not crazy. It's not crazy. It, it's not. Um, it's but, a bit crazy. <laughs> but that's okay. Tiny bit. Look, maybe I've done it. Maybe yeah. not. Uh, look, yeah, we, we, we do those kind of things. But I think so long as you can also inject a little bit of um, just a bit of reality, just a bit of, you know, take a step back, bird's eye view. It doesn't have to be your betrothed that you're mm. going on a date with. It can be an amazing friend that you make, an amazing work contact. Yes. Um, you know, it, who knows what friends they have that they could introduce you to. So, you know, and when I was younger, my mum my would often say that to me and I'd be like, Mom, no, it has to be the one. <laughs> and, you know, it's only when you get a little bit older that you realise that there's value in people beyond just being... Um, you know, uh, or placing them in a sexual context or a relationship context. I mean, we're all so diverse and we have so much to offer that, you know, I understand we're all there on the pretext of, you know, finding love or love for the, for the long term or love for a night. Mm. But um, we just need to keep a bit of a broader mindset about it and just see what possibilities come because you just never know. You never know. You never know. You can go on a 24-hour day. You yeah, could. You and then could. talk about it on a podcast. I know. So and have him on talking about it as well. Yeah. We live in a world where pizza is the universal language of love and there's an entire subculture of women out there who only want you for your beard. We get it. Dating can be ridiculous. So why not embrace it? Tinder. Swipe right. So for your podcast, you talk all about dates. Do you actually go on a lot of dates? Like how many dates would you go on a month? Right. So I'm not one of those people that, um, actually the irony is I don't date that much. Uh, and actually during the first season of the podcast, I don't think I dated at all. I think maybe in the six, five or six months that it took me to, to put it together, I think I dated maybe twice. Yeah, um, right. I, I don't have quotas. I don't need to date every night. Uh, I know a lot of people that do. It's literally, look, dating is like a job if you want to, oh if you want to get it's it. So it's it, it really exhausting. Is. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. If I, if someone goes on two dates in a week, <laughs> I'm just, my mind is blown. How, yeah. Yeah, exactly. How are you expending that emotional energy? Like, I, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, good on them. I went on a date uh, l- last week, in fact, and uh, this week, last week, and uh, you know, he ended up coming back to my place. But what what was interesting was I had my award. 
on the oh. on the table in my living room and I thought wow well if he you know if whatever happens he comes back I better just hide it yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I did oh you it's, hit, it, it's really? put it in the bookshelf yeah 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 just it's like I don't want oh what's this for I oh, just my dating <laughs> podcast <laughs> that you will eventually <laughs> that you will, be a that you will <laughs> eventually be on so uh yeah it's it's hard mm, it's interesting oh. What do you have advice? I don't know if you're mm. one to give advice, but mm. what kind of advice would you have for me? I'm a single girl. Mm. I think I'm a little bit like you. I don't actually go on that many dates. Mm. I find them a little bit draining. Yeah. Um, and I probably need to put myself out there more. Yeah. What What should I do? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> well, um, I think definitely put yourself out there more. I you, there's you know, and I used to. I'm very much someone that can. I like my own time. I like my own company. I can be a bit of a homebody. Yes, same. And, um, you know, as someone said to me, and it's very true, the guy is not going to, or the girl is not going to appear in the living room. No. Unfortunately. Come through Netflix. Exactly. So, no, not coming through Netflix as much as I watch it. Uber Eats delivery, (laughs) guy or girl. Could that would be. be like a really nice story. Absolutely could be. Could be. That'd be great. Get my dinner and a date. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Delivered to me. Perfect. Um, I, I think it's just about getting out there more. I think it's about giving people a chance. Mm. Go on a second date. If you ha- If there's anything redeeming about a person that you meet on a first date, give them a chance. Go on a second date because... Right. We're just so quick to judge, move on. And and I often wonder, I think to myself, have I just swiped past, you know, what could be, if, if anyone believes in this, my soulmate or the yeah. man that I'm meant to be with? Uh, I don't know. Possibly. Sure, he might have a mullet. <laughs> you could cut it off. He could be perfect. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. I, do, I do think we're very quick to judge. And I do think the internet and everything it makes it f- feel like there's limitless possibilities yeah. and the choice is paralyzing. I think that's it is paralyzing. what I, what I'm hearing, what I'm definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's overwhelming. And, and so I do in some ways feel for the current generation, although I'm, I'm swept up in part of the technology now, but to not have had uh, the uh, that kind of slow burn, the the person you know coming to pick you up and you know the taking guy you with on the frosted s- tips <laughs> picking you up from his Holden Commodore. Oh, so romantic. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, exactly like that uh, stereotype. Go in knowing what you want to know about the person, what you want them to know about you. Mm. Um, you know, just be open. And if you have any questions for Alison, is that something you do? Do you ever answer oh, questions? For yeah, people yeah, yeah, absolutely. In? People can write in. Um, I'm happy to have um, guests on the show. If you have any crazy stories. Mm, crazy stories, for sure. You can contact Alison one... Alison Tinderland, I'm sorry. You can contact Alison Tinderland at datingupsidedown.com and she's on Twitter at date upside down. Yes. Thank you so much for coming into our studio. No problem. Thank you for having me. And I'm very excited to keep up to date with what happens in the rabbit hole. Today I'm in the studio with a woman called Eliza Sholley. She's 24 years old. She's a journalist living in Sydney. Her current status is single, but she's been tindering for quite a few years. How long have you been on Tinder? About four years on and off. Got yes. My, got my toe in the water for about four years, I think. And you go on a lot of dates. You are like me. You've moved up from Melbourne, so you're fresh in the city, still relatively. Yes. A year, fresh. And you've been on Tinder this whole time? I've been on Tinder on and off. <laughs> I act like it's my relationship. On and off for about 
four years. I think I didn't really use it in Melbourne because it's so insular that I would just mm. see everyone I knew and I would be so nervous to – I'd be nervous that I would swipe someone yes and then they would, like, be like, ha-ha. Yeah, same. <laughs> ha-ha. Wasn't really meaning yeah, it. Yeah, like, a good joke, guys. <laughs> um, so then when I moved here, I was like, yes, fresh pool. And often I would go to – not on purpose, but like when I was in suburbs where like friends lived that I knew had hot boys around, I would like turn on the Tinder and like decrease the age, the range to two kilometers because I live in Bondi, which is like full of <laughs> full of um, talent, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I like you know I like a different vibe sometimes. Yeah, to mix her up. Like any gal should. Like any good dating gal should. The reason that you and I became friends is because someone that you met on Tinder was one of my old workmates. Oh my God, that's, that's true. I think it was the only friendship formed out of Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a prosperous one. Yes, we get some content out of it yeah. now. <laughs> the other day you told me a story that shook me to my very core. Yes. And I want you to tell every everybody today. Okay. So <laughs> a couple of years ago, matched this guy on Tinder. Really beautiful really nice. He like knew his shit. I was saying that he knew the, his openers. I don't have the exact wording. So I think it was like a joke or like a like kind of something to do with my bio or something smart. Yeah, he was a Tinder pro. Yeah, yeah. He was a Tinder pro. And we went on a couple of dates initially and I could tell he was kind of standoffish, but like we, it's it sort of progressed. Like we started kissing, we started like going all the way. <laughs> home, home run. Condoms? Uh, always. Safe yeah. sex. Good. Preach. Hey, mum. Yeah, so we were dating maybe seven weeks. We, like, did an array of things. We went to, like, gigs and stuff. And in that, he sort of, like, put the opposite of the brakes on, was, like, uploading Instagrams of me, like, always messaging me. But I kind of, like, had come out of, like, a a relationship recently and I was kind of into it for some reason. Mm. And then uh, one afternoon, he was like, do you want to meet my parents this weekend? I'm like, yeah, cool, go for dinner. I was like, it was like, it wasn't out of character. Like, it was kind of good timing in the sense that he wasn't just putting the parent trap on super early. But uh, just being a normal person, I asked what his parents did so I could talk to them about it. Yeah. And he gave normal jobs. And then he said, oh, my dad actually does some speaking around the country. And I said, oh, cool. Like, motivational speaking, thinking maybe he'd, like, done something cool. Mm. And he said, actually, my dad goes around the country and preaches abstinence, so no sex before marriage. Real, real Christian. Real Christian. And I thought maybe that was just something his dad did. Like, I thought, you know, maybe it doesn't, hasn't trickled down the family lineage, considering that, you know, you we, we had sex, yeah, considering <laughs> that. And uh, when I quizzed him about it, he said, yeah, I'm actually, like, really practicing Christian. I don't believe in abortion, don't believe in gay marriage. And so I had one foot out, almost both. Yeah. And then I said, so, like, what's up? We've had sex. Your dad approaches abstinence. You know, uh, your sister's pregnant and isn't married. Oh. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Spanner. Spanner. Genuine spanner. Um, and he was like, yeah, actually, when I lost my virginity, I felt so guilty about it that I cried to my parents. <laughs> Like he called them or he went over there? No, no. He, they, I think he was at home. I remember he asking him to paint me a picture. So he was at home. I don't think he realised what big of a deal that this was to me in the sense that like this was the deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't think he realised that that was what was happening. So he was telling me really like <laughs> as if he was he confiding did. in a lover, like pillow talk. Or a priest. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was confession. And he said, yeah, like midway he walked out um, 
told his parents what had happened and cried. And I think they all prayed together or something. Yeah. Trying to pray the layaway. <laughs> <laughs> but on the whole, the whole experience, what, it was like a two-month experience? Yeah, it was about two months. Oh, it was the probably one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. <laughs> one of the greatest forays into... Um, any conversation that I have now, I've got, oh, I can one-up your story here. Yeah. <laughs> you got, I got a belter. Oh, yeah. And it, it transcends so many mediums. You got a, you got a bad date story. I got a worse one. You got a bad Tinder story. I got a worse one. You got a bad story about a shaved head guy. Oh, don't worry. I got a worse one. <laughs> live in a world where there are plenty of catfish in the sea and ghosting went from supernatural to natural. We get it. Dating can be rough. So for now, why not take it easy? Tinder. Swipe right.